0: All right, gang, before we get started, this is another promotion for our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the gold cast. If you have not started watching our video on YouTube, you have got to. The version that's out now is just the beginning And there is a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. I don't want to give it away, but in the coming weeks, you are going to see some major additions and changes and advancements and evolution. That's a lot of adjectives (laughs) In, in this actual video. So we are super hyped. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you're on any of the major podcasting platforms that we are on, Stitcher, go check us out youtube.com slash the gold cast check the video out because it's super dope and it's only going to get better i don't want to say anything yet because we are working on things let's just say we are working with editors we are working with people that are going to take this video to the next level all right that's enough of my promotion today's episode of the gold cast is sponsored by raymond and i's favorite episode of the year arguably our most fun episode this is our 49ers game by game seasons predict season prediction episode raymond and i go through every game and we decide together and sometimes we agree sometimes we don't but we decide as a team we we make our season predictions raymond was very close last year on our last episode, we caught lost because there were some sound issues, and unfortunately, it never got released. Raymond was at, had us at eleven and five. I had us at four and I think maybe five and ten, uh, five and eleven, or or maybe six and ten. I don't even think I was six and ten. I think I had us at four wins. Ray, do you remember? You were uh, very pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I was very, very pessimistic. But this year I am not, and we are going to break down game by game this entire season. This is one of my favorite episodes, arguably my favorite episode of the year, because right now the world is our oyster. Anything can happen, and it's all dreams, and dreams are beautiful. But Raymond, before we get started, plug for them one more time, where are we, and where do we want them to find us, number one, and then where else can they find us?
1: You can subscribe to us on YouTube.com/slash/TheGoldCast. That is TheGoldCast on YouTube.com. Subscribe, comment, hit the notification bell so that you get notified when our new videos come up. Because we're going to be pretty busy now that the season is starting. You know, we're obviously going to be recapping games, but we're also going to be talking about any news in between that regarding Niners news or just big, you know, NFL. Trades in general. Sometimes there's stuff that happens that isn't directly tied to the 49ers, but does have an indirect impact on the team. So we do like to talk about that stuff too. And also, the other platforms you can get a hold of us is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, everywhere that podcasts are syndicated. Be sure to if so, if if YouTube's not your preferred platform, if you know if you if you're if you're doing something else when you typically listen to us, and you just need the audio format, you can get that. We're syndicated across the board, all over the interwebs. You can just follow the Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment on everything that you prefer to comment on, and that is it. So get plugged in, be a part of the matrix. This is a good matrix. This isn't the bad matrix where, you know, there's evil agents trying to kill you. This is a good matrix where, you know, it's like that one guy who ends up dying later on who's like ignorance is bliss and he eats the steak. You know,
0: it's that that matrix, the good matrix. The good matrix. There we go. All right, gang. Here it is. Your greatest fanalist in the game. He's in the building. Your professor of Fanalism. I'm here as well. Classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? I'm ready. This is the Gold Cast. <laughs> Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co host,
1: Raymond Salisa I, baby. Boom! Recognize.
0: Game recognized game. <laughs> all right, here we go. All right. Don't hate the player, so, hate the game. That's right. All day. So, Raymond, first of all, before before we begin, a couple shout outs. Uh, this I want to say mostly focus on the 49er schedule, but shout out to our San Francisco Giants. 5 in a row. They have the 8th spot in the wild card. Mauricio Dubon said at the at, at lesser yesterday in his post-game interview that they weren't intimidated by the moment. They weren't scared and they always believe that their offense can pull it out. Today was an astounding outstanding victory. 10 to one against the Mariners. They will be going on to face uh, the Padres, who are on a four-game win streak. Raymond, when a four-game win streak meets a five-game win streak, you know what that means?
1: That means someone's gonna lose their win streak and someone's going to keep their win streak
0: 100 <laughs> percent. someone's either going to go to five or someone's going to go to six and that's the kind of thing I like we had that same exact situation with the dodgers last month we beat the dodgers unfortunately we lost the next two straight games to them. let's hope we can take down those padres because this is a team that believes in themselves and i am so pumped and once again i am plugging this again if you are not watching your san francisco giants they are your san francisco giants because you're most likely from the bay or from san francisco Francisco. this is your san francisco giants you need to be watching them because they are super fun
1: they're two games over 500 now
0: yeah hey better right better record than the yankees
1: just no longer an even steven team well i mean who cares about the yankees so we all know that it's most likely going to come down to, the a's are, are pr- looking pretty pretty solid in terms of being the representative team there over there in the american league but we'll see how it goes so uh, Giants are surging, and they have, they're, they're not out of it, not even by a, not by a long shot. So that's looking really good. Uh, you know, it's getting me a little turned on to tune into baseball, even though it's, a, again, I've been saying this this whole time, I just think this season is really weird. It's weird not to have 162 games. It just doesn't make sense. You know, it almost seems like, it just seems like there should be a giant asterisk around this whole season, you know, for wins, losses, playoffs, whoever wins the championship, you know, because it, it's all abbreviated. So it's just weird. But anyways, I don't want to dive too much into that. We have a much bigger topic to discuss tonight. So congratulations to the Giants on their big win tonight. And two games over five hundred heading into a uh, place, another uh, heat, heat, a team that's heating up. So we'll see who comes out on top. I'm hoping the Giants do, obviously. But let's get to the 49ers. Let's
0: get to the 49ers. All right. Here we go. Here we go. This season has been called by George Kittle. The revenge season. Unfinished business. Yep, that is exactly what it's going to be. Can we be like the San Antonio Spurs who lost to the Miami Heat in 2013 only to come back and rally all the way back just on a tear and then take the trophy back from the Miami Heat? Largest margin of victory a team has ever lost by in an NBA Finals series. They raised Larry O'Brien to win. Can we be like the Kansas City Royals who after losing in a seven-game epic battle to our San Francisco Giants, shout out again to them, they went on a tear in 2015 only to come back and finally avenge the loss to the San Francisco Giants. They win the World Series. And that was definitely a
1: revenge effort, just like the Spurs were definitely on a revenge effort. They even said themselves they should have won. They were the better team. They should have beat uh, Cleveland or, I'm sorry, uh, Miami Heat. And whereas Kansas City, I don't know if they came out and said that. I just think it's like when you come, when you have the go ahead run two outs, bottom of the ninth, you know, it's it's Kansas City got as close as you could possibly get, you know, without winning. So, it, you know, it wasn't a it, what they, they they gave their best punch and it, they just came up like just a smidge too short, so I think... Had a runner on third. Yeah, when you get... That's what I'm saying. When you get that close and you lose, there is a part of you that... There's a a different mentality. It's not like you got blown out. You know, if you get blown out, it's like, "Mm, we're just not good enough. You know, we've got to fix some things. But the Niners, it's like... Um, we dominated all of, all four quarters with the exception of the final seven minutes of the last quarter, which is what ended up being the difference of the game. By all accounts, we should have won it you know, when you think about how, how much we dominated that game overall offensively and defensively. It just came down to a few plays and it just, you know, started a, a domino effect in in Kansas City's favor. So I think that's why the Niners feel the way they do, much like these other two teams that we reference whenever we talk about the revenge season. That's because the Niners were really that close. In the game of football, that's pretty darn close, you know, with the exception of, like, losing in the last second or something like that by a field goal or something like that. It's pretty darn close. And I think, for the most part, they were the better team. Uh, they, they were more well-rounded. They... I think they, I think there's more depth in terms of talent on that team. But it just came down to a few good plays that Kansas City was able to make when their backs are against the wall. So credit to them for coming out on top for that. But uh, the Niners are definitely back, and they're looking to reclaim what they believe is rightfully theirs, what we as fans believe is rightfully ours, and that is, of course, the Lombardi Trophy, which I believe they have a damn good
0: shot at doing. Absolutely. I agree, Raymond. Let's talk a little bit about Super Bowl Losing teams let's talk about them historically. Let's talk about them in the last 10 years. So First of all once again kind of just to recap the 49ers went 13-3 they lost in the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs Final score Ugh. 31-20 it stings to even say it
1: there was some garbage time points there at the end, too. It
0: was it was irrelevant basically only eight teams Raymond Have returned to the Super Bowl after losing the previous year and well technically it's five teams one team several times which if you know your history you're already going to know who it is but the the first the first of the eight teams was the 1971 Cowboys the 1972 Dolphins who I was that's who I was remembering and referencing in that our episode last uh earlier this week with Louie
1: now is that the perfect season Dolphins
0: is that the are they is the 72 the perfect season Dolphins? it was in the 70s it was in the 70s. I don't know. We're going to have to go to the pink and teal cast to know, yes. to figure out that one. Uh, the 73 Vikings. Wow. 71, 72, 73. All, all three in a row, the team who lost Super went back the following year. The 87 Broncos. The 91 through 93 Bills, as we all know. And the 2018 Patriots. Now, of those eight returns, only three have ever won the Super Bowl. And those are the 71 Cowboys, the 72 Dolphins, and the 2018 Patriots. So it's a small category of teams that have gone back, only eight ever of the 54 Super Bowls that have occurred. Only eight teams have ever returned. Only three have ever won it. So we would be in rare form, but that's pretty much, that's across the board, NBA, MLB.
1: Right. Remember the Bills account for three of those trips by themselves. You know they were a pretty amazing team back in the '90s, but for some reason just couldn't just couldn't keep it together when it mattered most uh, at the final game. So unfortunately, but uh, I would have liked to see them pull off at least one or two wins out of that uh, out of that run there. At least uh, just yeah. disrupt Dallas's uh, dominance and during that, one, that time. And one, then one, one for Jim Kelly. Yes. Plus I am a I'm a Jim Kelly fan. I did like that team. they, they were he's a good dude. I wasn't always a fan of some of his supporting cast, but uh, I did like... I, liked, I was a big fan of Don Beebe um, and a, f- a fan of Thurman Thomas, although he was a fumbler. But, um, but yeah, and Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith was an amazing defensive end.
0: <clears throat> so, let's break this down. Let's look at the last past 10 years. Now, of the past 10 years, only the Patriots have lost the Super Bowl and returned, and they won, okay? But... What about the rest of the teams? Well, of the past 10 years, Raymond, only two teams have not returned to the playoffs the following year after losing a Super Bowl. And that was the 2016 Panthers and the 2019 Rams. So at least we're in good company there. Now, Raymond, there is one team that did lose the Super Bowl and then returned to the NFC Championship the following year. Can you guess who that team is?
1: Wait, say that again. Oh, the Niners. Yeah. 2012, we went to the Super Bowl and then got to the NFC Championship the following year. That was the three, the Harbaugh run.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You got it. So, there we go. So, we are, judging by the last 10 years, we are more than likely going to make the playoffs. I think that's almost pretty much a given. Barring
1: some ridiculous plague of health issues, I don't really see, you know, I don't have any doubts there. I agree.
0: Uh, Winning it, a little bit tougher, but we will talk about how we feel about that and whether or not the revenge season can be accomplished. We're going to talk about that as we go through. Final thing, Vegas odds. Vegas seems to have the most confidence in us, in the NFC. We are plus 900 to return to the Super Bowl. We are the number one ranked team for Vegas. Overall, though, Super Bowl rankings, there are two teams ahead of us. That is, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 600 and the Baltimore Ravens at plus 650. The team next in Vegas odds, most likely to go back, according to the Vegas odds, are going to be the New Orleans Saints for the NFC at plus 1200. I already said this before. There's four teams that I believe are going to be standing at the end of the season. It's going to be Kansas City, Baltimore, New Orleans, San Francisco. That is, ladies and gentlemen, your AFC NFC Championship Games. I could be wrong, but if not, you heard it here first. All right. So this year's schedule, Raymond, we have the fourth hardest schedule. Our opponents are combined for a, f- a 0.527 win percentage last year. So not the toughest schedule in the world. Definitely not as easy as last year's. Much harder, uh, but that's to be expected as this is what happens when generally when you go to a Super Bowl, the NFL does spike up the difficulty of your schedule for everybody not named the Patriots. So Raymond, <laughs> yeah.
1: part part of that is because they had a garbage. They had a garbage division the entire run of the Patriots. The Patriots for twenty straight years. Twenty years they had no competition from Miami or Buffalo or the Jets, and that's yeah. still the case with the exception of Buffalo.
0: Well, Miami always manages to to like defeat them in some historically insane fashion, like every year. But-
1: yeah, for some reason, Miami has Pat's number in the regular season. But has nobody else's number outside of the Pats.
0: No. Let's go into this, Ray. Let's go week one breakdown. Week one, the week one breakdown is going to have very similar to what we normally do during the season, which is our full breakdown. So let's go over this right now. The week one breakdown. Week one is the Arizona Cardinals coming home to face the San Francisco 49ers right here at Levi Stadium. Crowd in attendance, zero. All right. So the spread. (laughs) This, uh, Vegas has Arizona at plus 7, San Francisco at minus 7. The over-under is set at 47.5 points, so they expect this to be a, you know, a fairly high-scoring game with the Niners winning by 7 points. Let's look at some of the trends leading into this game. We had no preseason, so all we have to go by is literally last season. Arizona finished 2-7. and seven in its last nine games of the twenty nineteen season, kind of went limping into the offseason. They're in a rebuild mode. That's to be expected. Arizona is four, zero and one against the spread in the last game five games against San Francisco. San Francisco has finished six and three against the spread in the last nine games. So generally whatever the spread's at, we go higher, six of the uh, six and three of our last nine games.
1: Not talking about wins and losses here, folks, just talking about right. betting performance.
0: Yep, just betting performance. Just those, yep, just Vegas performance. The total hit, uh, no, never mind about that. I'm not going to talk about that. So, let's talk about Cardinals versus 49ers. The Cardinals averaged 22.6 points per game last season. Surrendered 27.6 points per game last season. The 49ers averaged 29.6 games last season, points per game last season. We surrendered 19.5. So, Raymond, here we go. Week one, just days away. Who do you have winning week one?
1: This one for me is easy because Arizona does come with an improved team. We'll see how well they gel under Cliff Kingsbury for a second season. I know that Callie Murray had a really solid rookie year. There was some standouts there on offense. They've improved their offense with the big signing of DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason to really bolster that wide receiver core because obviously Larry Fitzgerald only has so much gas left in the tank. He's more of a possession you know, over the middle receiver now more than anything, but they've got Christian Kirk, some other guys over there. We know that they also traded for uh, the guy that you drafted for in fantasy uh, last season and their running back. I forget his name. Um, david johnson no david johnson left the team um you drafted for him in the middle of the season from miami
0: oh oh uh uh oh, how am i running a blank on this <laughs> um yes 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 I, yeah i know who you're talking about <laughs> but this is the
1: 31st ranked defense against the pass the 24th ranked defense against the run last season uh not much has changed on the defensive side of the ball for Arizona. They mostly beefed up the offense for some reason. So I'm not sure what they were thinking there. They made some great moves. So in other words, this team, I think, is going to be much more improved on the offensive side of the football. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. There you go. I was going to say Parker, but no, not Devontae Parker. He's, he's over there. Um, Kenyon Drake is there. He actually had really good games against us. The 49ers' weak point last year was against the run. I'm we're hoping that that is improved considering it's the same squad so you're just kind of really refining you know you're refining where you were weak to get better at that so that's you know that was obviously one of the things you're they were doing so we'll see how that turns out this year that's an unknown you know because we were middle of the row. we were like 17th we were we were upper echelon the first half of the season second half of the season we really kind of those stats ended up getting muddled, especially against rushing quarterbacks that had their way with us, such as Kyler Murray, uh, Russell Wilson, and Lamar Jackson. So I think that, uh, but to me, this is an easy win for San Francisco. I think San Francisco wins this game. I think that last year, you know, these, these games were pretty close. Both of them were. In fact, I think at some point, Arizona had a lead in some point. I think it's a little bit different this team. I, again, this is remember this is week one, so I do expect there to be a, a degree of sloppiness here. We know that the Niners had a little bit of sloppiness coming out of the gate. Uh, you know, the the Pittsburgh game was particularly sloppy in the turnover ratio game. But again, this is the second year, and I think everything because they're coming with a lot of familiarity into the playbook versus last year there was a lot of new wrinkles into the playbook because there was a lot of new added personnel there to make things it was uh Sala was coming was still refining that system over there and getting pieces in place to do the things that he wanted to do all of that the same personnel is coming back with the exception of DeForest Buckner the same personnel in offense is coming back with the exception of uh Matt Breida is gone now and Emmanuel Sanders is gone but You've replaced them. There, uh, Jordan Reed is coming in on the tight end side of things. Trent Taylor is now healthy. Some of the other wide receivers are kind of banged up, but eventually they will come back. Jalen Hurd wasn't there last year. He's not going to be there this year, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but we also did get Jarek McKinnon his back, the one that we overpaid. It hasn't done anything the last couple of years because of unfortunate injury, which is not necessarily his fault. It's just how things work in the NFL. It's, it's you know it's one of the few, one of the few uh, misfires for John Lynch he's mostly done very well with these uh, free agent acquisitions but I think that this is going to be one of those games where I think that because we're coming, we're coming from a, a system that really gelled throughout the season, especially in the latter half and throughout the playoffs, where I think we're going to pick up where we left off. So some of that sloppiness we saw last year, there's going to be some of that in this year just because there wasn't any preseason. But for the most part, I think we're going to come out all cylinders going. So I think this will be a much more dominant performance than we saw last time. I'm thinking somewhere around the vicinity of like 24-17, 24-13, something like that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You're you are expecting that high-powered offense to hit the wall of San Francisco. Um, I like it. I I think it's going to be a closer game. I'm thinking a, a bit more uh, high-scoring game as well. I'm going to say 27-24, San Francisco.
1: All right, we shall see. And, and Kyler Murray, I think, is a big X factor that's probably going to keep some plays alive for them when they when they get. When they get behind the eight ball, so to speak. But uh, but overall, I see we are undefeated so far through week one.
0: <laughs> undefeated. All right, Raymond. Here comes our only true East Coast stretch. Back to back. This is very important, folks. Even though it comes early in week two and three, we all know East West Coast teams traveling East often have a really hard time adjusting to that time schedule, have a hard time adjusting to the change. And luckily... We have two East Coast games. They're back-to-back, and we are done going to the East Coast for the remainder of the regular season. All right, here we go, Raymond. Week two, we'll be going against the New York Jets. They were 7-9 and nine last year. We're going to be going against them on Sunday, September 20th at 10 a.m. What are your thoughts on us against the Jets?
1: So this was a team that was middle of the road against the pass they were ranked 16th uh, against the pass last season but that was with jamal adams they no longer have jamal adams and they didn't fill the void that jamal adams left he got a big check and has a good deal in his new team the new york jets not so much and they still have quarterback issues they have receiver issues they just don't have a whole lot of depth They were also 31st against the run against the second best rushing offense in the NFL, which with the exception, you know, that there's no Matt Breida, but he's been replaced by Jarek McKinnon, who, according to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, is far and away the best back on this team, which is why he was, you know, scheduled and poised to be number one on this team, but for whatever reason. Um, you know, not for whatever reason, for injuries, he just hasn't been there. But now he is, and he's had a really good camp, according to everyone else. So we'll just see how that goes. So I think this is going to be a steamroll, in my opinion. This is going to be something in the vicinity of like a twenty-seven to seven, you know, thirty-one to ten. This is just no contest in my book.
0: I think this is no contest as well. Niners are six and one have a 6-1 record on the road at MetLife against the Jets. So they have tended to do fairly well against this team. We haven't played them since 2012, which is also kind of an interesting wrinkle. I agree. 49ers take this one handily. I'm going to say somewhere. I think you already said this. I think it's the exact number you just said, right? 31-10? Yeah. I'm going to say the same thing. We agree. 31-10. 10.
1: And, if it was, and if there was one thing the Niners were really good at last season, it was soundly beating the teams, the below 500 teams. And the Jets are going to have another season below 500. There's no doubt in my mind. If you're a betting person, this is an easy bet. So, you know,
0: that's why that's why the score is what I think it's going to be. There you go. Week three, our second East Coast trip. We will most still likely be in New York. about three weeks. Yeah, still in New York. Same stadium. It's going to be against the Giants. The Giants went 4-12 and 12 last year. This will be on Sunday, September 27th at 10 a.m. Raymond, what are your thoughts on this game?
1: So, again, you have a team that was okay against the run at 13th in the league and against the pass. This is a team that was, you know, Not so great.
0: Actually, I I take it back. You know, they were actually, what were they? uh, They weren't even great when they won that last Super Bowl. When they beat us in the NFC Championship, they weren't that great. They were
1: uh, 28th against the pass and I think yards. They were, uh, what was it? Um, They were 28th against the pass and then against the run. They were somewhere, they were 20th. So this is a, a bottom 10 team, easy, a bottom 10 team. Now they've got a new quarterback. They still have Saquon Barkley, who's obviously the the offense is going to start and stop with him. So again, to me, this is an easy defensive assignment for Robert Sala. You take Saquon Barkley out of the equation, there's really not much that offense can do. I think the defense has a field there, putting them in a lot of third and long situations because of their inability to establish the run. Even though Saquon Barkley is a dual threat running back meaning he can catch out of the backfield he can catch downfield over the middle or out of the flat so he's very dynamic and he's very good and obviously why he's drafted high in most fantasies by the way we do play fantasy some of you have asked that and i think that uh, again this is going to be similar to the jets game even though this is a better team than the jets i think that the it's it's not by much so i think that san francisco again has back-to-back blowout wins the Niners proved last season that they can take care of teams below 500, And I think nothing changes in week three.
0: We are in agreement again. This is uh this always makes me nervous because eventually we will be sometimes we're in fierce opposition during some <laughs> of these these ones. We are in agreement again. The 49ers both win again. So, Raymond, now we head over for our first of five. Primetime games, you know I get very touchy about the amount of primetime games we have. And uh, we have five, and we're there are three teams that have five, and we're one of the, the, the three. As the fourth richest and most successful uh, team in the league, I expect us to always be right there with the likes of the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, the the, the Cowboys. I guess, you know, the Chiefs are going to have a ton. They won a, they won a championship. Congrats to them. <laughs> Blah. Okay, so... Next one, Raymond, we are now in Philadelphia. We're at home for Philadelphia. Sunday night football, October 4th, 5.20 p.m. This team went 9-7. and seven. This team had a uh, frustrating, even as a Niners fan, a frustrating loss to the Seattle Seahawks in the postseason last year after uh, Wentz went down. And so this is a team that is looking to rebound and to try and maintain a foothold on a Dallas Cowboys team that is coming into this season with a lot of hype with their brand new coach, Mike McCarthy. And obviously, we're going to talk about them in week 15. But Raymond, let's get to this game uh, This game against the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: So Philadelphia's actually was pretty good against the run last season. They were actually third in the NFL against the run. That was far better than where we ranked by the end of the season. But... It's a collective effort. You've got to play good all around. You can't just be good at one thing, obviously. In Philadelphia, while they're good against the run, they're not so good against a lot of other things. They're middle of the road against the pass. They're offensively, you know, they're, they're okay. You know, again, they don't have a lot of standouts over there. Carson Wentz is a little reckless and a little injured prone. He tends to get hurt when they need him most. Um, uh, although he's pretty good to, he he hangs in there during the regular season, especially the beginning. It's really playoffs when he tends to disappear for whatever reason, but he has a
0: hard time maintaining his health through a a full schedule. He does. does.
1: And I just, uh, even though Philadelphia is scrappy, I I don't see them winning, but I don't necessarily see this as a blowout. This is a game that's probably where Philadelphia is going to give us a pretty good run for our money at least for the first half of the game. And then the second half, I think the 49ers are going to run away with it rather decisively just because I think that, you know, their, their weakness is the pass and our strength is running and passing. So, even though they might be able to slow down aspects of our running game, I just think Kyle Shanahan's going to be able to dial up a lot of things that's going to be able to expose a lot of the holes that that defense has, especially in the passing game with the play action fakes and all of the weird stuff the boots, the waggles, whatever. Kyle decides to draw up, I, you know, obviously the playbook is going to have some new wrinkles in it. According to players, no details were given, obviously, because nobody has those details. But according to the players, there was a lot of enthusiasm and they suggested that it's kind of like a kid on Christmas year opening up a lot of gifts. So there's a, there's a you know, there's going to be some familiar stuff that we see there. But I think there's also going to be some new stuff too, because that's just how Kyle Shanahan operates. So I see this as a win too, but probably much more closer contest. At least by you know, not something like the 35 to 10 that might be end up being the Giants game, or 35-13 that might end up being that game. This one's probably going to be somewhere along the lines of maybe like I'm thinking like 27-21 or 35-21 you know i'm i'm not sure if if philadelphia is good enough to put up 21 points there might be some garbage time where that comes from but uh it could be another game that's uh where philadelphia really struggles to put points on the board i don't really see them getting into the 30s or even deep into the 20s in terms of scoring so this is another w for the niners i think they they start off 4-0 this
0: this is the first game that i think is going to give us some fits and starts this is uh, this this team we've overall...
1: Meaning you think they're not going to win, or...?
0: I just think it's going to be the first game that's going to give us a little bit of trouble. Philadelphia is scrappy. They're very scrappy. Two-game Love road this. trip on the East Coast. Finally back home. Haven't been home in a month. Going to be on the road. Going to be living on the East Coast basically for about two and a half weeks. I think this is the first game that probably gives them some trouble. Having said that, I also think this is the game that people start to go is Jimmy G becoming elite? I think this is the game that after four weeks we start to see what a Jimmy Garoppolo looks like now a year removed from the injury now with the revenge factor in the eye now the quarterback the one that everyone Perceived after those that five-game win streak several years back when he joined us and the co- the, the quarterback that we be, everyone believed we were getting, the steal we were getting for a second-round draft pick against the New England Patriots. You're going to see that guy. You're going to start to see him right here in week four. You're going to start to see the questions. Is Jimmy G elite? Is he capable? Is this possibly... Is he possibly putting together a campaign that may maybe starts moving into the realm of possibly MVP talk you're gonna see that chatter here it's gonna be a tougher game this is the game Jimmy G pulls out and he wins it for us and I agree that we win in a scrappy contest I'm gonna say somewhere in the avenue of 28 24 24 21 a game like that but in the mm, end of the day
1: you think it's much closer than that huh
0: yeah and the end of the day Jimmy G puts this one on his back all right Raymond here we go Miami Dolphins Week five, we are still home, and this is the last game before everything gets for real. Week five, Miami. Miami was five and eleven last year. This will be on Sunday, October eleventh, at one o five p.m. Raymond, how? What are your thoughts about Miami coming home? Do coming to town to face us? Do we maintain a five-game win streak to start the season?
1: Yes, we do. Because. Miami is trash and again the schedule is a little bit easier coming out of the gate this year this is the 26th ranked uh, defense against the pass last year. Uh, this team was not very good at all and they were 27th against the run so this is a bottom five team this is uh this is you know this is starting to get to but bo- this is you know this is even worse than jet you know Jets were at least seven and nine. They had some scrap, you know. I think part of it is because you know to, they they've also got a shitty division, and there's some. The AFC is just not as strong as it's been in the past. I think the AFC's AFC's significantly weaker than the NFC right now. NFC has a lot of dominant teams right now, so it's pretty exciting
0: football. NFC West alone could send three teams to the playoffs every year.
1: Exactly. So, but I think uh, Miami's the weakest team of all these teams we've talked about, with the exception of the Giants, who were one game worse than they were but i think that miami because you know they don't have a lot of pieces there there's still a lot of holes this could be that weird one where the niners get caught sleeping against a below 500 team their third one this feels trap gaming this th- the third one in 4 weeks that they're playing although to be fair with the exception of philadelphia you know uh, they're they're playing you know Four out of those, uh, out of these five weeks, are all against sub 500 teams. So they get a little bit of a break coming into the first half of the season, but that's all in preparation because things really ramp up um, at mid-season here for the Niners. But uh, I think that they still maintain the win here and they go five and zero. This is another another maybe because it's Miami and Miami has some weird knack against you know one or two teams that are much better than them where they just kind of come out and fire on all cylinders this is a home game though so i'm not sure if i see miami losing i'm not sure if i see san francisco losing a home game this early in the season i would expect something like that to happen similar to it did last year when we played the atlanta falcons and dropped that game um if this was later in the season i would think that but i still think the niners win here 5-0 probably i think you know what screw it i'm gonna go for the blowout here i'm gonna say blowout going to say something like 25 7.
0: This feels trap gamey to me. It's going to be wonky.
1: Unless there's some, some unless like half the defense gets COVID, then I'm going to say, yeah, that's a trap game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say this. Pittsburgh almost felt like this last year. We came really close to kind of getting trap gamed with Pittsburgh.
1: Well, Pittsburgh was no slouch. I mean, their the record might not reflect that, Defensively, but, you know, they're
0: pretty tough. Yeah
1: defensively they are they're a very good team they're they're top they're tops there against uh, the pass and the run although they're better better pass defense than they are rushing defense but uh they are no slouch so don't uh don't doubt them they're middle of the road against the pass about 14th but uh in the pass defense they're pretty good and you know they they had some plays against us last year you know the Kyle Ushek had the hip toss uh, Minka Fitzpatrick just uh, in one particular play, my fa- one of my favorite plays of the season, next to the George Kittle face mask run, but uh, but I think that um, this is the third best uh, passing defense in the NFL, and they will come back largely intact. So, but again, we're not paying Pittsburgh, but but I know the comparison you're making.
0: I'm gonna say this is that wonky trap game that gets us. That unfortunately we don't go super. Nova and win the first nine games and I'm going to give this one an L. I think the Niners lose this in a weird fashion. One of these five games is going to be weird. One of these five games, I think the Niners are going to cough up and I think it's going to be Miami. I think if any of them, it'd be Miami. Miami, like you said, they're good against great teams. They get, they they pull, They t- these are the kind of games Miami sometimes pulls out of their asses. I'm going to give this one out. it's an ugly game. Like 18 to 15, 18 to 12, that kind of game, you know, just ugly.
1: Where the Niners, the Niners somehow, this, to me, if if Harbaugh was coaching this team, I would probably be on, more on board because sometimes Harbaugh's teams would play down to the level of their opponent. But I don't necessarily see that with this Kyle Shanahan group. Uh, um, I, they, they they often play exactly the way I expect them to play against Against the team given their level like New Orleans was a high-powered offense So we ramped it up and played a high-powered offensive game against them same thing with uh, the Ravens Ravens was a running game slug fest So we matched them slug for slug there and just came up a field goal short uh, Seattle too. Those were very too close games even the Arizona games are close because Arizona's scrappy on offense horrible on defense but um I don't I don't know. I don't know if it turns out that way. I I hope you're wrong so uh, and there's not too many things where I hope you're wrong at, but this is one of them. So we'll we'll see how this turns out. I don't, I don't know. Like I just
0: can't see it with Miami. I agree with what you're saying, but there were a couple games that were a little wonky. Think back, and I understand the weather played a big factor in this. But think back to the Washington game, it was probably the ugliest, worst game of the year for the Niners. Just just in, in in entertainment value in play, and I understand the weather played a big part in that. Then the other game I think back to is the Atlanta Falcons game. Both those two games were wonky, and I, I just I see Week Five right here on a four-game win streak. Streaks are hard to maintain. I'm gonna give us the L. I'm gonna give us the L, and I, you know it's it's gonna be an ugly one. But I think that's gonna be a good thing, Raymond, because now we're going into the Gauntlet Two, the Gauntlet Two. Last year, as you all remember, the Gauntlet Two. The gauntlet was the stretch of games that basically went after Seattle we had this run and it was the Packers, the Ravens and the which ended with the Saints, right? That was the order, right? Packers, Ravens, Saints, right?
1: Right. Yeah. And then then we lost, that's when we lost to the Atlanta Falcons. We were riding high on this big game and for some reason just I think uh Underestimated Atlanta.
0: Yeah, we got trapped game. Now, so that for that three game stretch last year, they were calling it the gauntlet. They were calling this the gauntlet. And they were saying how the Niners were not going to be able to get through the gauntlet. And then we found out that it wasn't that the Niners couldn't get through the gauntlet. It's that they were the gauntlet and no other team could get through us. With the exception of Baltimore, props to Baltimore. I wish we could have seen that on a, on a on a on a on a on a field that had didn't have so much weather issues. I would have loved to have seen that game. Having said that, Raymond, here is the gauntlet part two so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna name all the games because i just i want to i want to talk about them in totality and then we'll go one by one week six at home against the rams the reason i consider this part of the gauntlet is because they're a division team and division teams are always tough okay sunday night football that's october 18th at 5:20 p.m week seven in New England, we're back at New England. I think the last time we were there was 2012 with Harbaugh. That was a great game. Oh no, we had one in the middle that was really horrific. I won't even talk about that one. We are in New England. Uh, that'll be on December fourth, or that, sorry, that uh, that will be on Sunday, October 18th at 1:25 p.m. Week eight in Seattle. That's a two-game road streak, right? Two-game uh, road trip right in the middle. They that is that is on November 1st, 1:25 p.m week 9 home for green bay baby they love playing us right we, we we regret the day that we didn't draft for aaron rodgers that's what he was going to tell us i'm still waiting for that day week 9 that's green bay that is on thursday night football 5:20 p.m. and then the final game of the gauntlet on this brutal five game five game stretch here is in new orleans uh, that is to be determined. They actually don't. They don't have that listed yet. Do you have that listed? I don't have that listed anywhere.
1: For which one? Week ten.
0: Oh no no no. I'm sorry. My apologies. That is November fifteenth at 1:25 p.m. It is the New Orleans game. So Raymond, here is the Gauntlet part two. You have the 49ers sitting here uh, on a five-game win streak. I have them four and one. Let's go through and see how they fare through the Gauntlet. Two, all right, Raymond. Week six, r- Los Angeles Rams. We swept the Rams last year. They're coming into this last after last season's record nine and seven, narrowly missing the playoffs. If you listen to our Louis B episode last uh, earlier this week, he's pretty confident that we are going to see a different Rams team this year. How do you feel, Ray? Are we seeing a different Rams team this year? Are we going to be able to? Sweep them again, or are they going to edge us out in one of these games? Raymond, I want to hear your thoughts. Well,
1: the Rams were 14th against the pass last year and 12th against the run. They have improved both sides of the football, and they've also, but they have also not improved some sides of the football. And defensively, they're lacking in the linebacker spot. Louis B. pointed this out in his article. This is the one area where I think the Rams can be exposed defensively. And the reason why I focus on defenses for the most part is because Kyle Shanahan is regarded as the best play caller in the NFL. So I like to look at this from that perspective because it's really the onus is on the defenses of these teams to stop the best play caller in the NFL to give themselves a fighting chance. That that means that they they get their offense more possessions, more opportunities to try and score downfield. So that's why I kind of look at this always from where's their defense ranked because they have a tall task ahead of them. You know we're the defending NFC championship champions, and we are the number we were one of the best offenses last year. We were certainly probably the most balanced offense last season too. Um, although we were seem to be more effective uh, ranking wise we were better at run than we were passing but that doesn't necessarily tell the whole story ranking is not everything although it does help us gauge where teams were in the rams the rams were obviously no exception although they did finish over 500 9 and 7 they're going to have Jalen ramsey for both these games they only had him for one of the games last year so they're going to have him for both games this season he's going to be now locked into that system. They have a new defensive coordinator. We don't know what we're going to get out of him, although he is highly regarded coming out of the – I think you, he came from another team. But uh, we will have to see how that works out. But again, the fact that they are still hurting at linebacker, that really exposes them for tight end play and over-the-middle play. Jimmy G throws very well uh, in, inside – Inside the numbers, Jimmy G is very good. Inside the hash marks over the middle, Jimmy G is excellent. It's really it's hard to throw outside the numbers, outside the hash marks. Most quarterbacks struggle in this regard. Lamar Jackson made all his money in between the hash marks over the middle stuff, especially us- utilizing all three of those tight ends, Mark Andrew being the big scoring horse out of those three. But I expect a lot of big tight end play in this first contest. I expect... Uh, I expect Sean McVeigh to do very well in the opening series. Both games, he had excellent opening opening series game plans, but and he actually lasted a lot longer in the second game before fizzling out in the latter half and end up getting eliminated from the playoffs in that game. So, but I don't expect this to be like the first game last season where they scored in the opening se- in the opening drive. And then didn't score again, and the Niners more or less dominated them, especially in the second half of that football contest. I expect this to be more like the second game of last year, where it's a close fight. The Rams give us a good fight, especially with some of their improved pieces, but I just don't think it's enough. They're still missing a lot. Remember, the Niners are a complete team, and the Rams are trying to rebuild into their superpower team. There's no Todd Gurley anymore. He wasn't really much of himself last season anyways. So I think you do more of a running back committee with Henderson, and I forget the other guy's name over there. Acres. But I think, yeah, um, I'm sorry? The new
0: rookie, Cam Akers.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think the, the, using them in tandem, because I think all these, all these, the, a lot of these teams are going to be running similar systems. The NFL is a copycat league. You've got a keep up with the trends and right now the biggest trend is unless you have a Lamar Jackson you need multiple backs to keep defenses off balance and that's what Kyle Shanahan did beautifully last season they're going to be a big target uh, for all defenses coming into this season but again I don't see the Rams winning this first game I think the Niners stick to the program here I think they go on to improve to 6-0 and but I think this is a close contest, something like 20-17 to 17 or 24-21, something around that range.
0: Well, last year, their final game of the year was a tight one, too. The, we defeated the Rams 34-31 at home. I agree. That was also on primetime football. I agree. We take this game. Now, do we win in L.A.? We're going to find out. But I definitely believe we take the first game of the gauntlet. Raymond, let's move over to week seven. Man, I wish Tom Brady had stayed around for one more season so we could (laughs) get our Brady versus Jimmy G, San Francisco versus New England. Let's go.
1: I'm sure the league was thinking that before he before because this schedule came out before any of those moves happened.
0: I genuinely don't understand why they didn't put that on the schedule last year. I genuinely don't. I was just like, man, really for real. Anyways, here we are, New England. We New England was twelve and four last year, a stunning upset in the divisional round. Right? Was it the divisional? Or was it the first round?
1: Tennessee Titans took them down. Yeah,
0: that's right. Because Tennessee played three games, right? They they play. They took down. They took down the Pats, the Ravens, and then the Chiefs. Am I right on that? They didn't take down the Chiefs. Chiefs took them. I mean, down. Chiefs took them down. Yeah, that's wishful thinking on my part. Sorry, Sorry. <laughs> Freudian slip. Freudian slip. Uh, so yeah, but they played all three games. So, New England now. Obviously, in a famous acquisition, a uh, very curious to see how they're going to be doing. They have Mr. Cam Newton. He is now, is presumably the presumptive starting quarterback for New England. And if he can stay healthy, this is a team that you might see shades of Baltimore in terms of their offense. You know, a mobile quarterback. This is a team that definitely seems to be reinvigorated. By the acquisition of Cam, Cam seems to be reinvigorated. Reinvigorated by joining the New England Patriots, but there's also a team that I believe six defensive players have opted out due to COVID. uh Don't quote me on that; I might be off on that by one or two numbers. And this is a team that, very much so, in this kind of wonky year, I mean, they have such a great system. But if there's any team that may may take a step back. It could be the New England Patriots at a level that they're not used to. Maybe for that for them is 9-7 and seven like the Rams. Maybe it's something not that horrific, but this is a team that very much... Uh, I think we have more questions than answers really at this point. So Week 7, Raymond, we go into New England to face this team. How does Jimmy G do against his old team? Um,
1: I think... In a phrase, I think we win this game. <laughs> and to to correct you, uh, well, not to correct you, but to add to what you said, um, yes, five players did opt out, but a total of eight opted out. Uh, that is the most in the NFL, including some defensive standouts from that team that was uh, an exceptional defensive team last year. This is a team that was ranked, I think they were number three Number, yeah, number two against the pass last year. They were a number six against the run last year. This was a very dynamic uh, group of individuals, especially that secondary. That secondary was outstanding. I think they led the league in interceptions last year. But again, the fact that they have a bunch of opt-outs, they have a new quarterback, they have some eh wide receivers with the exception of Julian Edelman. They have some eh Running backs and Sony Michelle and James White. I just not expecting a whole lot out of this team, especially not with Cam Newton. I do think that Bill Belichick is going to utilize him the best of his ability, but this is not going to be the Carolina Cam Newton. This is an MVP Cam Newton. If he remember, yeah, exactly. So the reckless running, all that stuff. Mm-mm-mm-mm. He's going to try to sit back there, and he's going to try to throw, and he's going to try to use that running ability to keep plays alive and throw downfield. At least that's how I would use him, especially this late in the season. You, you should not He should not be running like he did five years ago because that's what got him to the injury that he dealt with last year and why he ended up losing his job in Carolina. So things need to change in his play in order for him to keep his job alive. Now, I heard that he's running away with the starting job over there in New England, but remember... Competition isn't much over there to begin with, so for someone like that who's a former NFL MVP, it's not going to be too difficult for him to secure that position, so that doesn't necessarily tell me too much is my point, So, but I think that much like the Denver defense dominated him in that Super Bowl that he lost, I think this 49ers defense is going to do the same thing to him. His running ability is not the same thing. His body is not the same. His throwing mechanics will still be there. We'll see how well they hold up at this part in the season. And whether it's whether he's even, who knows they, they, he might be total trash. and might be benched by the time they get to him. Benched. I just don't I don't have high hopes for Cam Newton, but I am glad to see him back on a team playing somewhere because I believe he is that good. So I I think that any especially with his style of play that's in vogue right now, especially with the way Lamar Jackson with his record setting season last year in terms of rushing. So I think that, you know, you can be just all you got to do is just rein him in a little bit. Just rein him in a little bit. Just say, hey, don't be so reckless. Don't lead with your head. Don't dive forward. Slide. Be smart run out of bounds. That's how he's going to do it. If, if he starts to play like he used to play or like RG3, he's going to end up right back where he was last season, which was at home, recovering, or on the bench. So we'll just have to see. But I think that uh, the San Francisco beats this team that is not is going to be probably half of what it was last season. Remember, no quarterback. Eight players have opted out, most of them on defense. They're going to play well, but I think that... <laughs> Uh, New England is going to play well, but they're going to struggle against this defense because I think Cam Newton is going to struggle against this defense. And I think that defense is going to be exposed in the linebacker position. So I think this is going to be a tight end battle. We're going to win a lot of possessions over the middle. It's going to set up play action pass. It's just going to be a tough game for New England just because they have so many missing pieces, including their most valuable piece over the last 20 years in Tom Brady. So I see this as a win, and we improve to 7-0 and 0 in my book.
0: <laughs> well, Raymond, I don't know how I can argue with any of that. That was, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know what else to say. I, I think uh, I, all I can say is yes and you and say I agree that if Cam Newton is still the starter, he is not going to be able to handle a defense this ferocious, especially if all of our main pieces are healthy going into Week 7 uh, let's just move on. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't okay. know. What you got to yeah, win. That was it. That was your most thorough breakdown so far. That was on to Seattle. Uh, on to Seattle. <laughs> okay, Raymond. So here we go. The greatest NFL rivalry of the past decade, arguably one of the greatest NFL rivalries of all time. 10 years from now, they will do a, 3 hour documentary on the Seahawks 49ers rivalry of the last two decades. We will get videos on this. I don't know if it will total 3 hours, but we will get maybe we'll get three different videos about this on NFL Network at some point and ESPN. You're going to see the breakdown of this. You'll get a Harbaugh Carroll one. I mean, there that we we'll get we'll get documentaries on this. This is an I believe without a doubt the toughest the toughest game that's going to hit us this so far this late in the season and it comes right at week eight right in the middle the perfect time we are going into the belly of the beast but raymond let's talk about that though are we going into the belly of the beast is it the belly of the beast this year without the 12th man which i have always thought is one of the lamest uh um (laughs) lamest names for a fan base
1: um no, it's not for 1,200, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um, just decidedly, no, in my book. This is not the belly of the beast, but I think this is going to be the toughest game in the schedule given the fact that we're coming from New England all the way back to Seattle.
0: I agree that's with that. What,
1: that's what makes this tough, not the team itself.
0: Not the team itself. Now, But the reason I say it is because no 12th man, no 12th man in this game.
1: An an insignificant player to begin with.
0: (laughs) (laughs) An insignificant player to begin with. I agree. Uh, No one to no twelfth man there. A neutral field, a neutral site essentially up there in Seattle, and it'll be the same thing here in San Francisco. Maybe it isn't. We'll see. Dallas is allowed to have
1: fans in their state, so I don't know how the NFL's, uh, you know, every state's different, so they have to abide by whatever the state ordinance is, but I guess in Dallas, you can allow to have fans. I don't know if they're going to have fans, but that's what the the protocol was that I read uh, maybe last month.
0: That is. This uh this is a team that we had incredible battles with last year. They felt like the Harbaugh Carroll battles of old with two teams. This is a team that went eleven and five. This is a team that despite our injuries, it took overtime and a missed field goal from a rookie kicker because even our kicker was out. It took that much for them to defeat us the first time. And and we'll talk we'll talk about the second meeting when we get to the to the To the last game of the of the season but this is a team that narrowly escaped losing and and the seahawks are great at narrowly escaping losing all the time they're excellent at that they had uh, they had i believe eight eight games of of winning by five points or less i mean these this is a team that gets by on the resiliency of russell wilson much like patrick mahomes in that super bowl where that win really kind of fell onto the shoulders of this mortal this this mobile quarterback with excellent accuracy and a refusal to give up that is kind of how the Seahawks' is strategy every game, every season. Ever since Russell Wilson has really come into his own, it's a testament to Russell Wilson. He's a wonderful quarterback. He's very good at what he does, and that's the nicest I'm ever gonna be. And I almost threw up in my mouth. So, going back to this game, <laughs> Ray, this is uh, this is a team that we had to fight. We were fight battling for the first and fifth seed in the NF- for the NFC playoffs in our final week. But this, we'd gone on a nine-game win streak. For you, we'll be on a seven-game win streak. For me, they will be 6-1 and one heading into this game, going into Seattle. Raymond, do we repeat last year, and do we defeat Seattle in Seattle?
1: I don't think so. I think coming from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast, riding a seven-game win streak, and we don't know how healthy the team's going to be at that point in the season. There could be some people missing from COVID we just don't know yet but I think that uh, that travel schedule is always difficult for any team especially a west coast team coming from east coast back to the west coast and I just think that's going to really make things difficult I think still think it's going to be a tough game it's going to be a close game much like the first game but I think like last season I think Seattle is going to break our win streak and put us in the losing column for the first loss of the season so I have them seven and one at this game something like you know, 27-24, something like like last year. Like, you know, it comes down to a field goal. I think that's similar to what happens in this case. I would love to be wrong, but this is kind of what I'm thinking. You know, when you look at the schedule, that's kind of what I see.
0: So we are 8-15 and 15 overall on the road at Seattle. I don't think it's going to – I think that's largely impacted by the crowd, which is going to be a non-factor as of this recording. Who knows? Maybe they find a vaccine and – Shallala, we're all back to regular life again. I concur, Raymond. I also believe, coming off of that New England game, you have them at a seven-game win streak, hard to maintain. I have them at six and one, which I, th- I think, given the wonkiness of the season, uh, for my in my opinion, is a little more realistic. But I also have them losing this game, probably in a tight one. Again, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go low scoring. I'm going to go 18 to 15. Old school. Old school. Old school Niners. uh, Seahawks. All right, Raymond. Moving on to week nine, a team that we have, I will say, deliciously dominated this entire decade. Aaron Rodgers famously saying on the night he got drafted that the 49ers would regret never drafting him. Unfortunately, we don't live in that universe. We, in a, we live in a universe where the, where the Aaron Rodgers regrets playing us all the time. Because every time he's ever faced a 500 and above team, we have destroyed him. And we're really good at destroying him in large clumps in like two to three games within a one and a half, two-year period. That's kind of our bread and butter. And now he has to come into San Francisco to face the 49ers on Thursday Night Football. It is our third primetime game of the year. The, the Green Bay Packers went 13 and 3 last year. The two teams that everyone was very suspicious of their 13 and 3 records was San Francisco and Green Bay, but after the gauntlet there were very few doubters and there were no doubters going into that Super Bowl that we were the best 13 and 3 team and we had earned that 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 record. This year even now most people most pugnants believe that the Packers were were more of a product. Not as good
1: as their record suggests. Not
0: as good as their record suggested. We're more of a product of their strength of schedule and not of their on their actual prowess. Raymond, does that continue this year? I think I'm going to just say this before we begin. I do think we are not facing the same dominant Green Bay team from last year. In fact, I think this team takes an even further step backwards this this coming year. I
1: think they do, too. They're more or less the same exact team. And unless Matt LaFleur has made some dramatic changes to his playbook, uh, Kyle Shanahan's got his number. Remember, he is a Kyle Shanahan protege, and he wasn't even there that long before he got his Green Bay job. So it's not like he's knows all the ins and outs of Kyle Shanahan. You know, everything that he does is derived from Kyle Shanahan. So in other words, it's a poor man's version of the Kyle Shanahan offense. In fact, Matt LaFleur even came out and said that he was going to do more of a running back committee style to match the 49ers, which means, you know, does that mean Jamal Adams doesn't get as many touches as he looks out? You know, sorry, uh, fantasy fans. Does that mean that... Uh, What's his name? Jamal Williams gets uh gets or sorry, Aaron was it's uh Aaron uh, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones. Does Aaron Jones get uh less touches than he did last year? Is it more of a mixture of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams? Uh, I, I don't know, uh, but that's what Matt LaFleur alluded to. Whether he does that or not is one thing. Uh, you know, I think Matt LaFleur is still finding his footing as a head coach. Remember, that last year was his first season. Kyle Shanahan didn't exactly have the smoothest, smoothest ride in his first season, nor in his second season either. But, so I, but I do think that this team takes a step back. They do not finish 13-3 like they did last year. So I think even though it's a Thursday night game, the Niners are going to be coming off of a tough loss, and they're going to be looking for a vengeance. And I think didn't we play Green Bay after Seattle last year too, or maybe it was out of out after they were Arizona week 12.
0: game. Twelve. We had we had week we had a week eleven game in there. We went we went Seattle the tenth week. Seattle Arizona Green Bay. Yeah, right? it was Seattle Arizona Green Bay. I consider that all the gauntlet. The gauntlet for me was Seattle, and it didn't finish till the Saints because anytime you're facing division division rivals in the middle of these great teams like the gauntlet too here. Yeah, that, that's a gauntlet that there there is no easy yeah. win. In, it's two in the vi, two NFC division West.
1: games in that gauntlet. In fact, it starts with division on this gauntlet, much like it started with the division last season. <laughs> but I think even though it's a Thursday night football game, so it's a short turnaround, they're not going to have a lot of time to reflect. They're going to have to get ready. And But the good news is they get to come home and they're coming home already on the West Coast. So that's going to be an easier transition than going from just East Coast down. to West Coast to play. That's it. You just come down. So I think that we take care of Green Bay. Maybe it's not a 37-10. Who knows? But if they're regressing like I think they are, then there's a damn good chance that this ends up more like a 35-10 contest, something like that. Oh, 35-10. He said 30. Revenge, revenge. Maybe Green Bay has something up their sleeve and they knock it down to – 31-13 would be the the generous score that I would give Green Bay, but I do think this is more or less a dominant game, and I think that we continue our dominance uh, over Aaron Rodgers. Whenever San Francisco has a playoff contending team, Aaron Rodgers seems to have no answer for it. Although he has given us some good fights against Kaepernick back in the day, but remember we beat him. And I think in all of those contests, maybe one we lost. I don't know. I'm no. pretty sure we were. We, 4-0 We the first time we lost him. to
0: him was in twenty fourteen when the team was like decimated. It was Harbaugh's. Last oh, season. then
1: that doesn't count. Again, that's a five hundred sub five hundred team, so that doesn't count. So we were, I think, four and one during that era. We are two and zero so far in this era. I think we improved to three and zero against Rodgers.
0: I also agree. I am not afraid of Green Bay. I am less afraid of this season's Green Bay than I was last year. And I was also less afraid of 2013's Green Bay after 2012. I I feel the exact same way. It's just history repeating itself. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, it would have been great if we would have drafted you. But we don't live in that universe. And uh, so, sorry, but we have to kick your ass. And I think we're going to continue kicking your ass. That's just the way it is. All right. Let's move on, Raymond. The gauntlet this year ends with the same damn team in the same damn stadium we are going to be going against the new orleans saints in week 10. the new orleans saints once again another bizarre finish another playoff collapse i, I i'm not even sure what to call it that really starts all the way back it actually really starts if you really want to get deep i always say it starts with a catch three uh, but that's because it actually really starts the season before when the the Seahawks, who were under 500, get there and they somehow defeat them. That was the big Marshawn Lynch beast mode breakout run that defeated the Saints. Technically, if you really want to get deep, you give it to them. But this is a rivalry. I refuse to give the Seahawks any credit. It really starts with the catch three. And that's where their bad luck curse goes. That's just how it is in my universe. Sorry. If you want to hear it on the other one, you can go to the fictional birds cast that they'll they'll tell you over there on that one. But in my opinion, ever since the catch three, this team has just had some weird bad juju voodoo on it. Literally every single postseason this year was no exception, losing shockingly to the Minnesota Vikings. They had they were also 13 and three. They also firmly believe that. This was last year and the year before against the Rams. Both these two seasons, back-to-back, this team really believed that they were the rightful heirs to winning and reaching the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. They definitely had the talent, but as we talked about, just really funky, weird stuff in the playoffs with this team. Now we go into Week 10, Raymond. Does history repeat itself, or do the Saints get their revenge on the 49ers?
1: I think history repeats itself, but I think we have a similar matchup to last year. I think it becomes another big shootout. Remember, the New Orleans Saints are more or less the same on defense, but they are an improved offense with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders, the player that we had that torched them for a few big plays last year. So now they have that big playmaker to go along with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, so, and Jared Cook, too. Even uh, Jared Cook scored two touchdowns in that game before getting knocked out with a concussion. Uh, which was a penalty on our side, a 15-yard penalty for that helmet-to-helmet hit. but uh, So they are even more difficult to deal with now than they were before. So I think this game is much like the same. But again, we have new wrinkles in our offense. Our running back core is more or less the same, if not better, assuming that Jarek McKinnon... Uh, plays much better than Matt Breda and lives up to the hype uh, or I should say the paycheck even though it's a restructured contract because he was not able to fulfill those first two years with us so but I think this is similar to last year I think this is something like 42 39 another close one another shootout but I think the Niners edge them again because I just think they've got this mental fix fix over the New Orleans Saints and yeah I know the New Orleans Saints the Saints just have this way of like looking so good and being so good, but just can't seem to get over certain humps throughout the regular season and eventually in the playoffs. I just think you know Drew Brees had his one Super Bowl and that's all it's going to ever amount to because sometimes that's just how it works out. To Aaron Rodgers, same thing with him. Would have been cool to see him get more. I wouldn't have mind seeing Brees get another uh, Super Bowl or two, but you can see it's very difficult to win more than one championship. Ben Roethlisberger is one of the few exceptions that has two under his belt and is still playing. Uh, I think uh, Eli Manning, you know, he's got two. So, but not many outside of that. So, I think that um I think that the Saints pull it. Out. I mean, Saints. I think that the Niners pull a win out over
0: here and improve to nine and one. Ooh boy, nine and one. Well, Raymond, this is a what used to be a storied rivalry between us and the New Orleans Saints. We we over our overall historical record against them is 49 and 20, 49, 26 and two in favor of the San Francisco uh, 49ers. We have won three of the past four meetings against the Saints at the Dome, of course, including what was I thought the best regular season game of the year. 48-46 48 yeah. 46 in 20. We beat
1: him at the dome last year. We're gonna beat him at the dome again.
0: So I unfortunately disagree. I th-
1: You must be listening to the Who that
0: cast. <laughs> right. I think that the uh I think the 49 I agree with actually everything you say, I'm gonna yes and you, but only in favor of the Saints. I think that they have an improved offense. I think the loss of Manny Sanders will be felt in this game. Uh, hopefully, Debo, Brandon Ayuk, and our host of Very Young Wide Receivers can really rise to the occasion in what is going to be a very strange NFL season regardless. But I don't think it's enough today on this day. But we will talk about this a later when, we'll, when we kind of give our vague playoff uh, predictions. We will be revisiting this. Uh, I think the Saints get their revenge in a very close game, another blowout. I'm going to say 45-42 in favor of the Saints. I have the 49ers now at 7-3, and three, which is— Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 7-3. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here. You heard I it f- know, here. I know. I know. One of us is going to be much closer than the other, and who knows where it's going to be. Week 11, Raymond, we get our much-needed bye. Last year, famously, it was after—it was in week four, right? Was it week four we had our bye, or was it week five? It was after our first four games, right? Yeah, it
1: was a it was ridiculously stupid. early buy that just made no sense whatsoever. No, it d- didn't disrupt the team's momentum at that time in the year because we wouldn't lose our first game until Seattle. So, but um, but this is, will be a much needed buy after that tough, tough game, because the end stretch of this uh, of this uh, schedule doesn't get any easier.
0: You know it. I don't know. I think the gauntlet's the hardest part. I'm not going to say this is easy. It's the it's,
1: it's the hardest part. But I just I think like it just like it stays steady. It it, it doesn't get worse. You know, dep- there's like maybe maybe one game in one or two games in there that that could be easier e- easy easier than the gauntlet. But I think you know the last two games, the first two games, we're going to get into it, and we're going to probably. You know, uh, we're. I know this is a, a lengthy episode, but uh, it's important to get through all these games here. So we will definitely, you know, um, be brisk about this just because I think uh, these games are pretty self-explanatory, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, the gauntlet was the part we really wanted to break down, and I think we did a great job of breaking down the gauntlet. It's, the most, it's going to be the most crucial part of the season for us. It's really going to show where we're at against the rest of the league. So let's start, Raymond. Week 12, we are now going to Los Angeles. this is on Sunday, November 29th at 105 pm. Raymond, do we sweep the Rams in your book? I want to know.
1: We sweep the Rams 10 and1. I think it's I think it's again, this is a game that's we're in LA similar to last season. the game's a little bit closer because the Rams are a little bit more improved in certain respects, but at the same time they're exposed and the linebacking side, so I really don't see them having much of an answer to George Kittle unless they put Jalen Ramsey on him. But when you do that, you're going to leave Debo Samuel one-on-one. You're going to leave Trent Taylor on the other slot position, assuming he's still healthy at that time. And, of course, you're going to be exposed with multiple running backs that are all pretty dynamic and can also catch the football, especially Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon is supposed to be the most dynamic of these three, and that's saying a lot considering how dynamic our running backs looked last year. Especially with um, everything that Kyle Shannon did with them and all the new wrinkles he's going to have in there. Again, I think Sean McVay is going to come out punching, like he always does. He always has a terrific opening drive game plan that just seems to that the Niners just seem to have no plan. He no like answer to. He picks us
0: apart on that on those first. Yeah, I, I don't plays. get it.
1: I don't get it. The first scripted plays are excellent for Sean McVay, but I just don't think there's enough steam there. I just don't see it. Uh, I think this is more or less a, another nine and seven season for the Rams, but uh, I could be wrong. But I don't think so here. So I think we are 10 and 1 at this point.
0: Well, Raymond, I'm going to shock you. I completely agree. We sweep the Rams. <laughs> 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 All right, Raymond, here we go. Week 13. Uh, the Buffalo Bills come to town. It's so strange. It's, whenever we play, the it is AFC, weird. Uh, was it's AFC North, right? Or AFC East. Is that what this we're playing right now? It's always yeah. It's always strange. Like just we never play these teams, so it's always weird. Buffalo. This Bills. is a go for it. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills were uh, a pretty decent team. Finally, finally, another team kind of stepping up to the plate and at least somewhat giving the Patriots a little bit of run of their money for, for the division. They went 10 and six uh, only to, you know, lose pretty handily in the postseason. They, they will be facing us on Monday night football. What a snooze fest. That's going to be <laughs> really, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't mean to insult Buffalo, but like out of all the Monday night football games, you could have given us. Couldn't you have just given us new Orleans or Seattle in week 17? Like really, we're going to do Buffalo. I guess this is actually we're helping out Buffalo is really what this we'll is. We'll
1: see. We'll see. I I think this is going to be kind of like, um. well, I think Buffalo's better than Minnesota. I think their defense is better than Minnesota, but I think I think this is going to be a tight one. I think it's going to be a tight one, but I think the Niners pulled this one off. This is going to be like 2013, 17-13. I think Buffalo's going to put up a bigger fight than we expect coming off of that home Rams or that—, uh, that uh, that away ran, it's more like a home game, L.A., San Francisco. There's not a big difference there. In fact, Santa Clara is even closer than San Francisco is to L.A. So, uh, you know, but I think that uh, – I think Buffalo puts up a good fight on Monday night, makes it a worthwhile endeavor, but I think San Francisco comes out with the edge and improves to 11-1. and one.
0: I, ha- I feel this game is going to start kind of trap gamey. We're going to look kind of off our kilter for the first two quarters, and then third quarter after we make our adjustments – 49ers buckle down and we take this game
1: well if if Buffalo's trash this season then I can agree I can get on board with the trap gaminess but I'm expecting Buffalo to be more or less you know a a 10 and 6 11 and 5 type of team uh, again this year I think I think they're actually a smidge better. They they picked up Stephon Diggs in the offseason. That's going to give Josh Allen a lot more weapons to rely on than just what he's got over there. Although we know he's got John Brown who's pretty good, Devin Singletary out of the backfield. The defense is is returning. I think um yeah, they they just signed they just signed their big cornerback uh, to or actually I think he opted out. I take it back. I think Buffalo's big top cornerback opted out of the season because of COVID. So there will be some some drawbacks there. You know, maybe, maybe we can fact check that later. But I'm pretty sure Buffalo's best cornerback pro bowler uh, opted out of the season. And I think he got a lot of flack on twitter for it but then a bunch of people came in his defense saying like hey you know leave the guy alone it's his choice
0: everyone should be entitled to do what they want to do this is a very strange time they
1: are it's just it's just whiny bitchy fans that are just like you know i mean if george Kittle opted out for the for the season i'd be like oh this sucks but i'd be like you know it's a COVID season that's a wash It doesn't even count that's what i'd be like i wouldn't be like you know fuck george Kittle. but buster
0: posey (laughs) opted out and i was like you know what that's i I didn't care
1: (laughs) i didn't care Go for it. He's already got an MVP, three championships, and, like, six all-star appearances. Nothing to regret there. I have no qualms with that. He's he's at the end of his run, too, so he's in a twilight. I don't mind it. But, again, uh, Buffalo is, is I think, a decisive win, and uh, so is the next one coming up.
0: So I think it's trap gamey, but I think the Niners pull it out at the end. I, we are in agreement. We win on Monday Night Football. We're the most successful team on Monday Night Football of all time. We've also had the most appearances. This is win number 50 for us. All right, Raymond. Week 14 against the Washington professional football team. What I have called them for years, and now is actually officially their name this season. Uh, (laughs) Washington, we played them last year and was, was easily, arguably, the most boring game of the year. Um, mainly due God, to the it was weather. Boring. It was so boring, but you always. It was have mainly
1: speaker. due to the weather. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that one a trap game. That was the elements really taking the game plans and throwing them out the door. Even Kyle Shanahan admitted that. He said, "When you have a game like that, that's just that where the elements are that." dominant and so prominent uh, on the field, you really do throw out your playbook and that, you know, not literally, but figuratively. And that's what Kyle Shannon said. He did, you know, at that point, he's just kind of winging it. Both teams were winging it. A lot of running little, little bit of passing towards the end there to just kind of try to break out and just kind of get Get something, uh, get out of that. Yeah. Get something going. But, um, uh, uh, this is not going to be in Washington. This is going to be in San Francisco. So and this will not be a this. Uh, maybe this is this is the only game that maybe have some trap element to it. But I don't think so. This is a garbage team with a garbage staff. Although Ron Rivera is a pretty good coach um, and he is much better than uh, Jay Gruden. So I do expect this team to take some bigger, some some better strides this season. Although I still think they have a long way to go. Remember, there's no Jordan Reed anymore. There's no Adrian Peterson anymore. So some of the better pieces they had there are not going to be there. And that defense is still missing a whole lot of pieces before they resemble anything in terms of a contender. But uh, so I think they might they improve from their 13 and record last season. But I think they get walloped here at home by San Francisco.
0: I want to agree with you. Another win, 12 and one. Uh, 12, 12 and one. 1 Oh my god <laughs> This is classic Raymond You did say several weeks ago you did say on the pod you think you thought they might do better with the uh than their thirteen and three season. I this game for me has all the makings of a classic late season. Kyle Shanahan trap game. I I don't even know what's going to happen. I, it's just going to be one of those stupid wonky games. It's like the Atlanta Falcons game where you're like, what the fuck? And somehow we lose it. Like somehow we're, I don't know. It's ugly. I think this is going to be the worst game of the season again. But I'm going to give the 49ers the L against Washington
1: okay okay yeah. but
0: it's one of those where it's like you just go fuck it who cares let's just move on screw this team we're fine everybody we're gonna get texts from Louis B what happened man I thought you guys were supposed to go to the revenge season can't beat Washington <laughs> blah 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 like that's where I'm already ready I'm already seeing this happening in the world but let it go and we move on
1: we'll, we'll have him on sometime around week 12 to talk about uh, after that game we'll see what his prediction is for the Washington game
0: yeah we will all right, Raymond. Week fifteen, hotly anticipated. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas everybody's Cowboys. favorite new team. The new hot little little uh, uh, Camaro going through the streets here. Uh, they were eight and eight last year. They fired. Finally fired. Their head coach, finally, Jason Garrett, is gone. Should have happened three years ago. Should have happened ten years ago. And uh, and then replaced him <laughs> with Mike McCarthy, the former Super Bowl-winning coach from the Green Bay Packers, who mentored Aaron Rodgers through a Super Bowl win and then basically into nothing after that. And so they now have Mike McCarthy. They have kept their offensive coordinator, and there is obviously a lot of hype around this team. That, Raymond, is our final primetime game of the season. Sunday night football, December 20th, 520 p.m. Uh, Should be a hot one. Niners, Cowboys, the greatest postseason NFC rivalry in history. Uh, Two teams that have historically battled it out. Dynasty versus Dynasty. The start of one, the start of another. These two teams, the I cannot, I don't have enough great things to say about how in, amazing, heartbreaking, and incredible this rivalry has been. This is even greater than the Seahawks. This is spanning over 40 years, these two teams. The road to our first Super Bowl win was through Dallas. The road to our last right. Super Bowl win, most recent, I shall say, was through Dallas. This is a team that dominated us in the 70s. This is the team that. Basically, ended the dynasty in the 90s, and then we took their third in a row as our final swan song to that dynasty. I mean, there is, we could do whole episodes, several back to back, on the Cowboys 49ers rivalry. Here they are. Maybe they're back to prominence. Maybe they're not. You're going to have to listen to the Silver and Blue cast to figure that out. Yeah, you
1: have to listen to the Lasso cast. The Lasso the rodeo, cast. The Rodeo cast.
0: Yeah, the, the the Pistols and pistols and Boots cast.
1: That's the Six Shooter cast.
0: I think the it Six is. Shooter it cast. A Smith, Smith and Weston cast. <laughs> Smith and Weston cast. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you call that cast. But Raymond, the where do the Cowboys and Niners end up on this final primetime game for a Sunday night football. They
1: they end up with an L if you're a Dallas fan. Oh okay, good, okay, you got me. You almost got me right there. You almost got me. Right Mike there. M- Mike McCarthy versus Kyle Shanahan. Oh my god, no contest, no contest. Look, I think that this offense is obviously greatly imp- is as dynamic as it is also, with the addition of C.D. Lamb, you have Amari Cooper, you have Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott. You have some amazing pieces there, terrific offensive line. You have an eh defense, and Mike McCarthy is good at one thing. It is offense, and it is not defense. After they won the Super Bowl in Green Bay, he, there was one thing that never really lost a beat in Green Bay, which was a prolific offense, particularly in the passing game, and the defense was just nowhere to be found. With the exception of like maybe one or two guys, Clay Matthews was the only standout there for a long time before he started to run out of steam. So I think this is going to be the same thing. that's going to happen in Dallas, although via, albeit not to the same potency, although he has some great pieces here. He has some great pieces to work with. So I expect them to be a 500 team and they will be in the tournament at the end of the season. They're going to be like 10 and six will be the improvement that I think this team sees. They finally get over that eight and eight hump that Jason Garrett was so consistently remarkably good at. I'm not sure what it was. You know, this is the backup to Troy Aikman and he was obviously good enough to just be a backup head coach still even, even to this day. But I think the Niners win this one. I think it starts off tight and more like kind of similar to the New Orleans game, but I think the Niners really pull away in the late third and fourth quarters here to secure the win and improve into 12 and one. or, or is it 12 and one?: Yeah, 12 and No, 13 and one.
0: Yeah, I think so. I have, to, I have to double check. I don't have we both agree that they lose in week eight, and I think that's the only time we agree on the loss.
1: 13 and one is 14, plus two games left, 16, so they're 13 and one.
0: All right, Raymond, here we go. Week 16 in Arizona. We don't need to break down Arizona. We've already done it earlier in the season. Do the 49ers sweep Arizona again? Or does Arizona finally get its revenge and get get a win on us in the Kyler Murray era?
1: I think this is that... I think this is the game where I would say this is a trap game. You're on the road from Dallas to Arizona. I think at that you know the play time is to be determined. This might end up being a Saturday game. So I think that Arizona actually gets the edge here, much like they almost had the win late in the second game last year, and it came down to one play. Uh, that uh, it was a third. It was a third. Uh, a third down conversion that ended up being a touchdown because they let they forgot about. Uh, who is it? Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. or Richie James? I forget who. I think it was Richie James. Richie James caught the ball over the middle and just ran straight into the touchdown for the final score to, to seal the win. I think Ar- this much uh, game, I think this is where Arizona pulls out a win here and we get a trap game scenario. I think this is the second loss of the season for the Niners, so we end up being 13-2 and two at this point.
0: I'm really torn on this game. I wouldn't be surprised if Vegas if Vegas has us as, as you know, Minus one, minus minus one, minus two. I think it's going to be really tight. Uh, when you keep, when you said it was a trap game, my gut instinct was to say we we're actually going to win this game um, and kind of head into the post on a on a win streak. Here, man, I'm really torn. I'm really torn. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm going to have us go at a win. I am. I'm going to okay. say win. Ray has us at a loss. I say win. I originally was gonna say loss, but I don't know. It, it, I just don't think they're there yet. I think they're gonna put up a great offense, but I think now we're gonna have their number even better now that we did a year and a half ago. And so I'm gonna go with with a with a win, and it's possible. I'm not convinced of Cliff Kingsbury,
1: although he, I felt like he had some had some flashes there. We'll see if he's able to put it together. With some of the improvements they made on that roster, yeah, absolutely. Uh, not, not much. Not much was made on defense. The only thing they did significantly was they signed Buda Baker, who's, you know, I think led the league in tackles uh, last year. I think from either from his, I think at his position he led the league in tackles or one of them. He, I don't know. He had he had over hundred. Good player, and he had some. He had a couple plays that he did well against George Kittle, but George Kittle got the best of him in both those games eventually.
0: Yeah, uh, it'll it'll be an interesting one. That, that'll be a little bit of a toss-up. We'll see who's right later on. And now, Raymond, week 17. Once again. Once again. The final game of the year. Once again, the last team standing before us is the Seattle Seahawks. The same team we played last year in this game. Last year we played in Seattle. It was famously came down to the final play of the game. The block two literally had to stop them on the one yard line. They were arguing. They were convinced even after the game that they had made the touchdown. When clearly, if you watch the video, it's very obvious they did not make this touchdown. That's not me being a homer. That's me believing in facts. And so Raymond, and the laws of physics and the laws of physics. Exactly. Raymond, uh, Sunday January 3rd, 1.25 p.m. Let's get ready to rumble! Here we go, Ray. This is the game. This is the one we live and die for. Here we go. I mean, I can't... There is no other team I want to face at the final week than the Seattle Seahawks. I don't want to face the Rams. I don't want to face the Cardinals. I don't want to face the Saints, the, pa- the Patriots, the Packers. I want the Seahawks. I want Russell Wilson... Pete Carroll and their whole crew on the final week, and let's see what's going down. Let's see what's what. That's how I like this to go down, Raymond. So here we go, January third, Raymond. What happens?
1: I think we win another nail biter, and we finish the season 14 and two, one game better than last year. That's what I think. Again, similar to last season, 24-21, something by three points, field goals worth. I think it comes I don't know if it's going to come to another stop per se, but I think it's going to come down to the wire because if Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson, which I have no reason to believe he's not, then he's going to be the one that keeps this team going because remember, there's no Javion Clowney this time, although there is a Jamal Adams. So you traded a guy up front for a guy in the back. So but again, that leaves them really exposed that that that's going to be easier on Jimmy G with the lack of pass rush that they have but it's going to make things harder in terms of coverage for George Kittle or whoever Jamal Adams takes in coverage because Jamal Adams can do it all. He can, he's good in the run and he's good in the pass, but you can't just keep him in the box there all game. Eventually he's going to have to cover somebody and do something. But again, that's going to leave one-on-one opportunities and they got some good guys in that secondary. They're not all that terrible, but they were 27th against the pass and 22nd against the run. But again, This is a team that played like a top 10 defense whenever Niners were in town. So I expect some of that that same moxie to show up, you know, when when it comes to division rivals. So even though they might be a subpar defense for majority of the year, I expect them like the Cardinals to play, you know, play very well against the 49ers, even though their record and their rankings might not suggest it. But they're going to go toe to toe. And I think this will be the same thing. But
0: I think we come out with the W. I think we come out with a W two. We end the season on a three game win streak. Our final record twelve and four. I my gut going into this podcast was eleven and five. That is that was my gut. Um I'm still that week six sixteen. I could I could easily be swayed in ten more minutes of conversation that we lose our fifth game right there. Um basically if you break this season up as weeks one through five the east coast stretch is what i call that in the middle the gauntlet too and then the close off i could see us losing one game there two games in the gauntlet and then two games in the final stretch i can see that i could be convinced of that that's a that's 11 and 5 having said that as the spur of the moment as we're having the discussions i find myself sitting at 12 and 4 you find yourself sitting at 14 and 2 not too far off from each other but 14 and 2 and 12 and 4 is a is a is a is a valley in the NFL we're, we'll have to see Raymond now just final final thoughts we can't go into the post we don't even know who we're going to see we have no idea what's going to happen final thoughts on the post season first question do we get to the NFC championship and who's waiting for us there second question do we get to the Super Bowl This should be a whole nother
1: episode who's waiting for us <laughs> considering there considering this is like a two hour, two hour episode yeah um, let me start with the first question. I think uh, yes, we do get to the NFC Championship game, and I think that team will probably be. Hmm, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say
0: uh, Dallas. I'll say, are you gonna say them boys? Are we going San Francisco Dallas Cowboys NFC Championship? Why not? I'll lose my mind. I will. I will lose. My, my. And then what was your second question? Do we defeat the Dallas Cowboys and return to the Super Bowl? Yes, of course.
1: I'm not going to let you finish that sentence. Yes, of course we do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who do we face there,
1: and do we win? Gosh, we're really going all out with this uh, prediction one. Um, I think we face, uh, I think, uh, gosh, it's. I mean, it's... Between the Chiefs and the Ravens, I I mean, unless the Ravens drop another stinker in the first round, which I have a hard time seeing them do that, but I wouldn't be surprised. It is a Harbaugh back there. Harbaugh's, you know, (laughs) Harbaugh's are known to choke a little bit. They might get you in the beginning, but then I mean, when's the last time Harbaugh won a you know championship? Two thousand twelve. So it's been a while for him. But um, you know, I'm gonna say say Chiefs again, but we win.
0: Yeah, I think it's the rematch too, but we win again. I agree. We, we figure out Mahomes and we take him down. So there you have it. Man, a mega episode. These are always pretty big. Raymond, I had to include the postseason because this entire season is predicated upon the revenge season. So I just thought we'd be doing the Goldcast Empire a disservice if we didn't include at least a dis- brief discussion about the postseason, Raymond has the Dallas Cowboys making it to the post. I had a feeling that's who he's going to say. I have the New Orleans Saints in a in a rematch from the twenty eleven the twenty ten playoffs. Now that obviously was divisional round, wasn't the NFC champion? Oh, it was was it the, the, the NFC championship? For it what? was for Green Bay for well, yeah. Green, no, it wasn't the NFC championship because we didn't get to the, the Super Bowl. Obviously, uh, I'm talking about the Saints in, uh, oh. in twenty ten. It was divisional round. But uh, I do have them coming back. Raymond has the Cowboys. We both agree it it will most likely be the Chiefs or the Ravens, but we're leaning Chiefs, and this time we avenge, and George Kittle's prophecy of the revenge season is finished, and we raise the Lombardi, and we win. All right, Raymond. Uh, that is it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know in the comments what your decisions are. What are your final records? Who, and who do we see in the NFC Championship? And do we make it to the Super Bowl? And if we make it to the Super Bowl in your picks, who's there and how's that game go? Those are the three things we want to hear from you. Let us know down in the comments. Go to youtube.com slash the gold because that is the place where people like to comment the most. But And that's where we want to hear from you. And then we will be back next week for our first Post game recap. And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sisa III, and with me is my brother, my co host, Raymond the First, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time after week one, after the beginning of the revenge season. Let's go. 14 and 2. I hope he's right. This is the Gold
1: Cast.